It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond, this is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, welcome to Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury live on our network headquarters here at Target Field. We have a little bit of a change of plans here today, and it's a it's a good change of plans. We thought we were going to be connecting with Corey Provis in California, uh, coming back from a jog on the beach probably with Derek Falvey here via some sort of technology. But instead, Derek Falvey is in the building, and so we are in person here as he has put his phone on on buzz, at least for the next <laughs> half an hour here as we approach the trade deadline. First and foremost, great to have you in studio. And I want to start the show not by talking about injuries or trade deadline or the playoffs. I want to talk about why you're in the building today because you were here for a reason other than baseball, and it's a reason worth shining some light on. Yeah, well, thanks for bringing that up, Chris. I I, I was definitely planned to be here for deadline purposes, <laughs> no doubt, but got a chance this morning. You know, we partnered with uh, Gigi's Playhouse, which, uh, it, for those of you who are unfamiliar in the in the um, local Twin Cities and across really the country, Gigi's Playhouses are places that are geared toward uh, f- focusing on kids with Down syndrome and the ability to help them um, connect and 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 um, just have a, a great place to connect the families and those uh, kids with Down syndrome. I have a personal connection to a local family that way. Mike Bell, our former bench coach, has a younger sister um, uh, who, who also dealt with Down syndrome. We connected on that front. So it was a really cool opportunity for the GG Fit Challenge here at Twin uh, at Target Field to utilize our right field gate 34 space for, for a great event to, to uh, host and honor and celebrate a lot of what Gigi's does. What a wonderful way to spend a Sunday morning here at Target Field. And now you'll spend the rest of the day with your group, I think is the operative word, taking calls, making calls, and kind of watching like everybody else to see what else is transpiring as we head to the trade deadline. You have told me on more than one occasion, deadlines drive action. The deadline officially is 5 o'clock Central Time uh, on Tuesday, which means we may have action in the middle of our pregame show in advance of the game with the Tigers. Are we getting to a point where the dam's about to burst with some action? We've seen the one-piece fall in Castillo, but it's been just a trickle. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, as I've said to you before, and I, I'll rehash that again, I've looked at this. I think I looked at last year's deadline. I think it was 82% of trades got done in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours, say, the last two days. And so ultimately there have been a few deals done across the game, some you know, some meaningful ones most recently, recently. But I do anticipate tonight into tomorrow and into Tuesday being where a lot of the work gets done. You know, a lot of conversations have been happening with other clubs for us and with others uh, to try and set some groundwork. But ultimately, the market will start to really come together over the next couple of days. You were very successful out of the lockout to have had some some threads in place so that you could tug on them as soon as the, the gates were open. 
those type of threads in place now and you're just waiting for for teams to to bite yeah i think so i mean we've we've talked to, to teams going back to really at that time that you said chris right coming out of the lockout when we signed a lot of our free agents made the trade for sunny gray we had conversations then that have picked up to some degree again now and we'll probably have seed conversations now that will impact our off-season planning too so that's that's pretty common you know we keep the lines of communication open we're in contact with all 29 other clubs regularly even teams that are on the buy side so to speak there may be a repurposing of of players on the roster and thinking about ways to to add and subtract at the same time so we will continue to stay engaged in that conversation the 2022 minnesota twins might be in one of the more unique positions of all time at the trade deadline you're clearly not a wild sell off the, the spare parts because you're in first place. You've also played 500 baseball since the first week of May. You're not a juggernaut at this point. Uh, you definitely need pitching, but everybody needs pitching. And then there's the Carlos Correa factor as well, where you've got this phenomenal player who's been nothing but an incredibly positive influence at every layer of his existence with the Minnesota Twins who could leave, who could stay. And that is all up in the air as well. Do you agree that this is the most <laughs> unique, uh, and everyone has their own personality, but that this has uh, maybe more unique moving parts than most years? Well, everything you just outlined there obviously makes it unique to us this year. I feel like every deadline has a different narrative and a different story that is that is challenging to navigate. Uh, but certainly, first and foremost, one of the things you said that's important is you know we're, we're sitting right now in first place in the American League Central. We haven't played our best baseball all year. We haven't been healthiest all year. That that's that Those are two true things. Uh, but I think for us right now looking at our group and trying to figure out ways to add to this team to make it better in this second half. You know, you can only play the games that are on the, the schedule, and, and that's our focus right now is play the ones tonight and put the best team we can out there every night. I know that's maybe not the case in every market every season, but I feel confident that we've been able to do that over the last few seasons. So we're going to work this deadline to try and find a way to add to the group that you just mentioned. You historically have not just added for the short term. You've always been looking at the, the addition that would – have more control for, for down the line. You don't just want someone to, to duck in and be gone. You also have been low to, to let players walk away and not get anything in return. Part of the reason a guy like Taylor Rogers moved because you knew he was gone at the end of the year. So as you scour the market, while a lot of the names popping around are what we would call rentals in the industry, are you looking at the next level maybe for people who not only can help you now but can also build the depth, which you will also need moving forward next year? Yeah, I think we have to do both, right? We certainly are, are rent are looking at the quote-unquote rental markets, guys who are free agents at the end of the year. We'll have that conversation for sure. Uh, but any time that you have a conversation with another club and you have a guy that has future control, it only helps you in your planning over multiple years. I've used the word sustainability a lot. How do we walk into a season feeling like we can go compete for an AL Central Championship? And I feel like we've been able to do that really regularly every year. It hasn't always worked out that way. You know, last year we had a, a setback, but in 19 and 20 we felt that way, and certainly in 22 we walked in feeling that way and are in the position where and now how do we make that the case every year we have to think about future control and players and how that's going to impact our future rosters and we'll do that again this this deadline part of that sustainability and really what you were building the whole foundation of this on was your pitching pipeline and all of those guys seemingly that we've been talking about i feel like since you first showed up in minnesota uh not quite that long but it feels that way ha have run into some walls this year particularly health-wise bailey ober goes to the the 60-day josh winder uh, again with the shoulder issue cantorino can't get out of his own way health-wise uh simeon woods richardson pitching now but he's had some problems jordan belazovic has had problems uh has that impacted it because those are part of your sustainability plan, but that's now a big question mark instead of 
guys that we'd probably be seeing in the big leagues or pushing for big league time. Yeah, no doubt. It, it, certainly that group you just mentioned, uh, while some of them, I think, you know, in, in Simeon's case, had uh, about with COVID in his back and is, you know, pitching in a better place, which is great. Uh, I think some of the names you mentioned have had setbacks from a health standpoint. It's been a challenging couple of years, no doubt, right? We And this isn't unique to the Twins. I think we look across baseball and see that the challenges coming out of 2020 and the pandemic shortened season, things like that, have had an impact on some of the young talent across the game. But on the pitching side, none of us uh, across the baseball have perfectly figured out how to solve that equation. We've got to get those guys back on the field because they are critical to our long-term success. And whether they're here or whether they're the type of player you would move to get something else that you need. Pitching is what everybody wants. Our friend Mike Petriello was on this week, and he broke down the available pitchers in the trade market. It's not a great crop this year, and yet with the extra playoff spots, I think more teams than ever are shopping in a boutique market now that has fewer and fewer supplies. The supply chain issues have now advanced <laughs> to baseball. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but I guess that's fair to say right now. I, I do think there's probably going to be a lot of teams uh, looking at it and, and feeling like they're on the outside looking in, you know, come Wednesday in terms of what could be acquired. So it, it is true that with the additional wild card in both leagues, with a lot of teams playing baseball that's close to the to the wild card, uh, you are seeing more buyers than sellers. And even on those seller teams, you know, the reality is they haven't played as well as, as they would have hoped. So they probably don't have as many great, great players to sell. Uh, it is it is kind of clogging that part of the market. And we'll see if that unsticks in the next two days. While everyone's looking for pitching, and you'll be looking for some other bits and pieces as well, when there's potential big moves floating around, you think of Soto, Otani's name got floated around. I don't know how serious that might have been, but Soto certainly is something people are thinking about. Is there a ripple effect from deals like that that can tilt the playing field and either encourage people to make knee-jerk reactions as buyers, knee-jerk reactions as sellers, and can you then kind of stand on the edge of that and, and try to take advantage? Yeah, you hope so. I, I think our, we, we try not to do is react emotionally ever to any of those types of decisions. You know, when we make a move uh, or we see teams around us make a move, we have to continue to stick with what hopefully is a, a, a plan that we've put in place. Now, it certainly has an impact. It changes the way you look at your competitive landscape if a team that you're competing with got meaningfully better in a short stretch. But the reality is those those big impact moves, oftentimes uh, when you think about the impact that they make, it's with an eye toward the postseason and how that elite ace starter, how that elite back end bullpen guy is going to have that impact in the postseason. So uh, I think we have to continue to stick to our plan, which is try and just add to our group and, and see where it takes us. Derek Falvey is our guest in studio. The show is Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Take a break. More when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created, legends are made. Derek Falvey in studio with us as the trade deadline rapidly approaching. Twins and Padres today from Petco. Interesting note, uh, Derek, I mentioned the Twins are 500 since May 7th. Padres, 10 games over, playoff bound. They're 500 since May 17th. It feels like that's kind of the way this season has gone for a lot of teams, just kind of kind of spinning in a circle, and the AL Central is a prime example. None of the three teams can get on a run. None of the three teams can shake the others. That's, to me, why Tuesday is so interesting, because no matter what the additions or subtractions are, then how do they fuse with the group? I don't know if I anticipate any of the three teams truly breaking away from the pack. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you look at the teams, obviously coming into the year, Chicago having won the division last year, a really, really talented team uh, was the, I would say, odds-on favorite, mm -hmm. right, from the outside looking in, coming in, because you respect the team that's won it the year before. We felt we'd be right there with them, and we knew that Cleveland, a good, young, growing team uh, that, that finds a way to win those games late, has found a way to continue to do that. So I think that we expect this to carry all the way through, you know, independent of what happens come Tuesday, because I think that what happens in every year in the deadline is we think there's a winner and a loser right at the deadline and that's it that then the season's over well you still got to play the games and uh we will continue to do so yeah same thing happens in the off season you don't get a trophy for winning the off season maybe of more concern to me than anything deadline related alex kirilov coming out of the game yesterday the swing didn't look the same since detroit since the all-star break he was back to himself leading up to the break. How concerned are you and how concerned are you that it's kind of a recurring situation? And is there a way to deal with that maybe if it involves something in the offseason? Yeah, well, I think what you're talking about, Chris, there is obviously I'm concerned given he's dealt with this before. If this were a new issue or something that just popped up for a night, it'd probably be a little, be a little less concerned sitting here today. We're going to have to evaluate that when he comes back. You know, our plan here is for him to fly back, obviously with the team after the game today. We'll get another look at it again tomorrow from an imaging perspective, make sure we're not missing anything. You know, it's certainly soreness, things that he's had to work through and he's learned to work through to some degree. Uh, but if this has cropped up again, we're going to have to evaluate that and have a better idea come this week. And Miguel Sano, come back too soon? I mean, is that uh, the simple way to look at it? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think based on the, the feedback we got, we actually took that probably slowly, relatively mm -hmm, speaking. Slow in terms of his return. We maximized his rehab stint. We, we went kind of the full length of days. Uh, so this is one of those things that, again, much like Alex, we're going to need to get a look inside because initial exam on Miguel didn't uh, show anything overly concerning. But the fact that he's dealing with some soreness in there does indicate that you know we need to take a look again and, and learn more. As we approach this deadline again in first place, I don't think you anticipated starting some of the guys that are going to be starting here today. And catcher is an area where Caleb Hamilton – Gets his well-earned first start here today, but that's a position with Jeffers' injury where you are sapped of depth. That's another market like pitching where there's just not a lot of major league caliber catchers out there. It's also one of the harder positions, I think, to move into a new team and change horses mid-stride. What does that market look like for you right now? Yeah, same, same conversation you just said, which is te teams that have the guys that are healthy you know, and signed up for the year, if they're in a good position, well, they're not trading away those guys you know, because they need them themselves. Uh, teams that are maybe in a worse position you know, from a record standpoint might be willing to move those guys, but there aren't many of those out there you know, ultimately. So to your point, it's a hard position to, to solve for. It's a hard position to find. I think we continue to develop some young guys that can help us with game calling, good defense, good planning, because even if you know, the offense isn't necessarily there, we need them to go lead a game. And we'll continue to find ways to see if we can add to that, even if it's just from a depth standpoint. Uh, theoretically, where your club is, you're not going to want to trade your big league talent to add to it because you need those guys to stay where you are. But you'll listen to everything. As you've always said, you'd be silly not to. Are there any names that you hear that make you hang up the phone right away? <laughs> That's a great question. No, you know what? I, I try never to get offended. I, I think historically, I remember getting into this game. There were some conversations I remember early on that my boss at the time, Mark Shapiro, would have with another club. And, and it got contentious because it was we would never trade that player. You know, I to me, it's it's a it's a question of we recognize this is a part of the business. And, and you have to listen to creative ideas, because even if there are players, we just 
would not trade, which there are many of, um, that, that maybe out of that conversation brews an interesting concept that then is, okay, they're looking for a center fielder, and we're not trading Byron Buxton, and, and, but we get that now they're focused on center field. Maybe we can access a center fielder from another team, trade that player to, to them, and ultimately find a way to backfill with what we need on the back end. That's what leads to creativity this time of year. Uh, do you have an example of a, a, where a deal like that worked out? You know, I'm trying to think of a good one more recent past. Nothing's right coming to mind, but that is what a lot of, to give you a little bit of look behind the curtain, a lot of times now everyone asks, well, there's no trades happening. What is happening? Even if it's just a direct conversation with another club on a player we like, that one will happen, and we might have overlap, we might not. But there will be oftentimes a conversation where we would talk with another team and ask them, hey, are we okay to shop some of your prospects to another team that we know we could access through a trade? Meaning we might take player, you know, a team, I'll just use a random example, take the Seattle Mariners prospects and trade, that, and trade them elsewhere, but we have to trade something to get those prospects. I know that sounds confusing, and I, I made it more confusing than it needed to be, but the three-way trades, that's how that works. Have you got the, the, the red string and the Bolton board and the pictures, like an old Matlock episode up there in, in your office? <laughs> it's, we don't use string and uh, boards anywhere. We have electronic abilities for that, but we have everything up and some whiteboards to, to work on those ideas. How many voices? How many voices are in your room? You always talk and you hear Rocco use the phrase, our group, our group, our group. How many voices are in that group? Well, I'd say upstairs right now, there's probably, I don't know, 10 to 12 people. Now, not all of those people are, are factoring in prominently to the conversation, right? We have some of the folks who are much more working on the player personnel concepts, but some of them are our junior staff. And I can say that I firsthand benefited from that, right? My intern year or my first year in baseball, being able to sit in a room and watch the deadline conversations happen, have a duty, log those conversations, make sure that I'm doing the job, maybe bring something that someone needs, information on a player uh what's the what's the track man data what's his pitch information what's his last start all of that information can be bubbled up in the room but that's how i learned how to do what i do today and ultimately that's what we're trying to afford our younger people today fantastic that's derek falvey we've got one more segment with him before he heads back up into the cauldron we'll take a break back to wrap up inside twins and your home for twins baseball Final segment on Inside Twins. Blessed to have Derek Falvey in studio today to talk about things leading up to the trade deadline. The Twins and the Padres coming up. We'll have, of course, our pregame lineup card coming up in about four minutes. From right now, we're going to hear from Taylor Rogers. Speaking of trades with the Minnesota Twins, we're also going to hear uh, about the road to Cooperstown. We'll hear from Rocco Baldelli as well. And then we've got baseball. Dylan Bundy starts against Sean Manaya and the Padres as the Twins have a chance to win a road trip and win a series today. We mentioned kind of 500 baseball since May, and it feels like every time there's some momentum, it gets pulled back. But also, to the Twins' credit, every time it feels like it's starting to spin away, it's pulled back. No doubt. I haven't even had a four-game losing streak this year. Is it a combination of relief, frustration? Like, I mean, where are you with, with where we are right now? You know, I, I, I try and frame it positively on a lot of fronts, right? It, it's resilience. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, you know, this is a team. We, we talked about a whole, I don't know, close to 10 players who are injured or, yeah. or otherwise right now um, already. And, and we haven't talked about other guys who are injured and not part of this group right now. The group that is in the room and whoever has to step into that room to step up and play a role has found a way to help us. And I think that to me is a sign of a good team ultimately and a sign of hopefully a good organization over time that finds ways to step up. Not every day a Hall of Famer just walks into your studio as uh, Tony Oliva has made an appearance on the other side of the glass. Uh, It's been almost a month since Wes Johnson left. 
Starting pitching ERA has not been good. Now, there have been a lot of factors other than just one guy. We talked at the time about how it's a whole group. West was certainly an instrumental part of that group. His voice is no longer there. Other people have filled different roles. Is that becoming the norm now? Are you seeing the progress you want to see in terms of the relationships and whatnot to get done what you guys want to get done philosophy-wise, execution-wise? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, anytime anyone steps into a role they haven't done before, there's going to be some time to learn and grow. I mean, if our ERA had been a run young, uh, lower, I wouldn't have said West was a terrible pitching <laughs> coach either. So I think we're looking at this over the long term, the horizon. I think you're seeing some pitchers continue to grow and develop and get better on a daily basis, You know, some of our young guys. So some of the veteran guys who, uh, quite frankly, haven't pitched quite up to – the way they want more recently, they know what they need to do to go prepare and, and, and pitch the way we need them to, and, and hopefully we have that in the next couple of weeks. We mentioned him earlier, but I want to come back to Carlos Correa. Uh, it's the trade deadline. You're, what's your timeline in terms of having to engage with him and his group about the future? We know he's enjoying himself here. I can't tell you how much fun it is to watch him every day. I knew he was great. Watching him every day, being around him, he's even better than that on a day-to-day basis, impacting everyone in the organization. I know you feel the same way, but what's the timeline in terms of trying to figure out where Carlos is? Does that wait till the end of the year? Yeah, I think you know we've we've made uh, no secret of the fact that we have said uh, we'll continue to have conversations with his representatives and with Carlos. The the key to me is he loves being here. He loves being around it, and he's continued to stay open uh, with respect to that. Obviously, out of respect to the process to him and others, we don't talk specifics about contracts on him or otherwise. But I would tell you that the the conversation always remains open. You know, our contract in our terms, you know, has multiple years associated with it. We recognize he. He has a decision this offseason, but there'll be a time and a place. We want him focused on what's happening on the field right now. Uh, he does a great job of helping us lead to where we want to go. And he said he's been helping you uh, throw some ideas <laughs> your way, too, at the deadline, too, right? He loves it. Every time I walk through the clubhouse, you know, even prior to uh, the guys going on the road or prior to the All-Star break, what are we thinking about? What are we doing? You know, he loves that conversation, so I love having it with him. And I, with him, though, it's, it's a higher-level conversation than a typical just throwing names of his buddies around. I yeah, definitely. I, you know, he, he understands the game at a really deep level. I think that's what's been special about watching him, uh, and I, I we're getting to see that every day. All right, Derek, we appreciate it. I know you're a very busy person today. Thank you for spending time. Thanks for spending time with those kids out there today, too, in support of Gigi's here and the great cause uh, as you brought them to Target Field to enjoy themselves on this Sunday. And I know you'll enjoy yourself more if the Twins can pick up a victory over the Padres coming up. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's Derek Falvey. Next time we talk with him. Well, it's probably going to be post-trade deadline, and he'll be talking about what the Twins did or did not do as far as the deadline is concerned. Right now, we're focused on the Twins and the Padres pregame lineup card coming up next on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.